Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The lucky for you, that's what I like. That's what I like. Addition is the Bengals win for the sixth time in their last eight games, beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh 37-30. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, one-on-one locker room interviews, and analysis from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Fact segment, you'll get to know the Bengals player who claims he can sleep with his eyes open. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you in part by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since the Philly Cheesesteak. Before heading to Pittsburgh on Sunday, I was in Philadelphia for a couple of days for the UC Temple football game and had two Philly cheesesteaks during my stay. Now here's the thing. I didn't go to one of the famous places like Pat's or Geno's. I had one at a hotel and the other at the stadium, and I'm sure by Philly standards they were positively atrocious. But they still got the job done. As it turns out, chopped up grilled steak with cheese on a good fresh roll, rarely disappoints. Now, let's get to the radio replays from Sunday's win at Acrisure Stadium. Drew Chrisman into punt for the first time in his NFL career. Steven Smith, or Sims rather, waiting to return from the 15. Here comes the right-footed punt. It is launched by Chrisman. And Sims will catch. He drops it. It's rolling into the end zone. He scoops it up in the end zone. He's able to run it out, and he'll get tackled at the five-yard line. Second down and nine at the Pittsburgh 29. 48 seconds left in the first. Burrow back to throw. Screen pass. Piran with blockers in front. He's at the 20. Toward the sideline. 15, 10, (laughs) 5. Touchdown! Bengals! Samaje Pirine catches the burrow screen, and I don't think he was touched as he took it into the end zone. Second down and 10 at the Bengals 19. The Steelers run it left. Uh-oh. Harris turns the corner. He's at the 10. The 5 goes airborne and flies into the end zone for a Pittsburgh touchdown. First and 10, Cincinnati looking for a 92-yard drive. Burrow back to pass, swings it out to the right. Pirine with the catch at the 10. Nice. Breaks a tackle, nice. tight ropes the sideline. Yeah. Hits the pylon. <laughs> touchdown. Nice. Bengals. Samaje Pirine with his second touchdown catch of the first half. Boy, if you went into Vegas and bet that Samaje Pirine would have two first half touchdown receptions, you'd be making a lot of cash. Pickett catches the shotgun snap. He's looking. Here comes the rush. Throws oh, it off his back foot. No. Caught at the two, and Pickens will run it in for an easy Steelers touchdown. Second and ten at the Pittsburgh 47. Burrow catches, looks to pass. His throw deflected and intercepted. Ah. The ricochet is picked off by Levi Wallace, and the Steelers have their first takeaway with 31 seconds left in the half. Matthew Wright is ready. The snap, the put down, here comes his kick, and it is good to give Pittsburgh a three-point halftime lead. Second and goal with the ball in between the one and the two. The Bengals trying to take the lead. Burrow rolls to the right, throws into the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. Trenton Irwin with his first 
NFL touchdown catch, and he's given the Bengals the lead midway through the third quarter. Long count by Joe Burrow, left foot in front of right, waiting for the shotgun snap. Joe catches, short drop, quick throw, and it is picked off on a ricochet. Oh, my gosh. Steelers are celebrating. Oh, my gosh. And they've got got the football. Watts got it. T.J. Watt does it again. Yeah, he did Another interception off Joe Burrow. Here comes the kick from right, and it is good to make it a one-point game. A remarkable interception by T.J. Watt turned into three points by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Bengals will attempt a 54-yard field goal. Long field goals notoriously difficult here in Pittsburgh. The bad playing surface, the windy conditions, swirling winds. Money Mack will try from 54. The snap, the put down. Here comes his kick. It's going to be close, and it is good. Yes. Money Mack hits from 54 yards away. Sweet. And the Bengals' lead is back to four. Second down and goal. The ball's in between the six and the seven. Burrow in the shotgun now. Two by two formation. Pirine in the backfield. Burrow back to throw. Flips it out to Pirine. Looking for his third. Get in. Touchdown catch. Yeah. Runs yeah. over the pylon. Yes. Touchdown. <laughs> Bengals. Oh. Samaje Pirine with a three touchdown catch game. Here we go. Fourth down and nine. 342 to go. Pickett catches the shotgun snap. He's back to throw. Finish. Now has to scramble. Finish. He's in trouble. He throws. Incomplete. And that is Coffin Nails. Bam, bam, bam. Shut the door. I'm telling you, that was just a a great finish defensively. That play kind of is a microcosm of what the Bengals did in the second half. They suffocated them. On their first four drives of the second half, the Steelers had one yard, six yards, six yards, and six yards. They couldn't move the ball in the second half until their final drive. When Pittsburgh took advantage of the Bengals' prevent defense, and scored a touchdown with 45 seconds to go to make the final 37-30. to Here's Zach Taylor. It was good. You know, we, we knew it was going to be a tough game. We talked about it last night. Um, ultimately, we won the second half, and that was what was really important in this game, get control in the second half. thought our defense did a great job. Uh, came out in the second half after giving 20 in the first half. Really held them to a field goal, but that came on a short field off that pick uh, that they had, and then, and then did a great job allowing the offense to regain some momentum. And... I thought the 93-yard scoring drive there with nine and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter um, really put that game away for us. And then um, obviously we gave up the touchdown late. We don't want to do that, but um, our defense just kind of playing bend but don't break there and gave us a great chance to win. Offensively, Joe Burrow threw for 355 yards with four touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 104.1. The Bengals are 6-0 and when his passer rating is over 100 this year. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, one of my favorite wins since I've been here. A lot of adversity, AFC North game, bad weather, cold, windy. We fought through, found a way to win. It was the Bengals' third straight game without Jamar Chase, and it was the first time during that stretch that T. Higgins posted huge numbers. I talked to T. after the game. T., what a game. Nine catches for 148 yards. How did it feel to come here after week one? and get a little revenge for what happened in the season opener. Man, I mean, it felt good. I wouldn't even call it revenge, man. We just, you know, just trying to get back to where we was last year, you know, trying to make a playoff run again. 
um, you know, that was our whole mindset. Not not to go, come out here and get revenge. Obviously, we want to come back and win. But, uh, man, we just, you know, we stuck to the game plan today. Even though we was down at half, um, we came out, you know, with, with that, that attitude and that aggressiveness to that we was going to come out and, you know, and dominate, and we was able to do that. You certainly dominated. There was a stretch there where they threw it to you, I think, on three or four consecutive plays did you feel like they could not stop you today oh yeah you know after he gave me that second one I felt I, I, you know I was in I felt I felt like I was in the zone and man you know he just kept feeding me and you know I just kept making plays for the team three touchdown catches for Samajay, a touchdown catch for Trenton Irwin I think if uh, somebody said Joe Burrow would throw four touchdown passes and those would be the two guys to catch all four it would have been a surprise but a great performance by your teammates Oh yeah, for sure, man. I'm, I'm I'm proud of them guys. You know, especially for Samaj stepping up when Mix went out, and then you know, Trent Irwin. You know, him stepping up with with um, Chase out. So, man, I'm, I'm especially proud of Trent. How hard he's worked. How hard he's worked to get to this moment. You know, um, three catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Man, I'm, that's that's anything anybody could dream of. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm um, proud of him. Proud of them guys, and hopefully keep going. A lot of people look at the win after the bye last year as a key kind of to, to start off the Super Bowl run. Did you feel this game would have similar importance? You had to start the second half with a good showing? Yeah, man, definitely. You know, um, just like what Burrow said, you know, a, a few weeks ago, you know, everything is right there in front of us. We just got to go out there and attack each and every single day. And, man, we started off strong, so hopefully we keep it going. T, congrats on a great game. Thank you. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. Steelers rookie Kenny Pickett threw for 265 yards with one touchdown, no picks, and a passer rating of 85.9. The Bengals sacked him twice and hit him seven times, with Trey Hendrickson getting credit for both sacks. I caught up with Trey in front of his locker. Trey, congratulations on a great victory. A lot of people look at the win last year as the, after the bye as kind of a jumping off point yeah. for the uh, Super Bowl run. Did you feel similar importance when you took the field today? Oh, absolutely. Any divisional game, there's like a heightened sense of uh, importance in the W, especially where we, if we want to go where we want to go. Um, you know, can't say enough about this defense, stepping up in a little bit of adversity there, you know, coming together as a unit. Uh, things that we can always clean up on film, but, you know, glad to have this W. In the second half, on their first seven drives, they had two first downs. That was one of the most dominant stretches I think we've seen in a long, long time. What was the key for the group during that stretch? Well, you know, we're just playing as brothers, and, you know, I stated it earlier, Proverbs 17, 17, but me personally, I can give all glory to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. So, you know, it's just an opportunity to say that. It's just a blessing to me and, uh, you know, all these brothers that I know I'm united with. So, you know, it's a great win, great feeling. Two sacks, four quarterback hits. I think they were all in the second half. It seemed like you guys are really able to turn up the heat against Kenny Pickett in the second half. Well, you know, rushing on the opposite side is Sam Hubbard is a huge help. He's always containing the quarterback. He's got a high IQ on defensive schemes, and he's always alerting me to where slides are and things like that. So, you know, the product on the field is you see us both sacking the quarterback, but he has a captain's patch for, on his chest for a reason. Very talented pass rusher, insane on the run stopping, and just a great guy to be a part of on the defense. 
Was it a little disappointing that they scored that late touchdown considering how dominant you had been in the second half up until that drive? Um, you know, their backs were against the wall. It was one of those things we got to tighten it up and kind of put that game away. But uh, we came away with a dub. We'll clean up these things on a victory Monday, which is much better than the other way. So you can't say enough about this defense or anything that, you know, cleaning it up on a win is always great. Road wins in Pittsburgh are hard to come by. Trust me, I've been coming here for a long time. I think this is the third time in 12 years the Bengals have won here, but it's two in a row with you. Uh, congratulations on the victory and a great game. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sunday marked the NFL debut of punter Drew Chrisman, who was promoted from the practice squad and started in place of Kevin Huber. I think it's safe to say that Drew will be getting another opportunity. Here's what he had to say after the game. Quite an NFL debut. I think your first punt was 62 yards. I believe you averaged 50, two down inside the 10. What'd you think? Shoot, I'm just happy to be out of that cold. <laughs> this locker room feels a lot better than it did out there, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. It was a it was a great first, and uh, shout out to the coverage. Those two inside the 10, you know, they weren't getting stopped without the, the guys running down there. So uh, yeah, big big hats off to them. They made some big plays today. Were the butterflies big? Uh, not really. I mean, just you just trust your training. Um, I mean, I've been I played in games like this before, and you know, I just felt comfortable with all the preparation I put in, and uh, you know, the guys around me. It's 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 a blessing, you know, being around here for shoot a year and a half now before I have my first game, and you know, I'm really really comfortable. I feel, felt like I've been part of the team. It's not like I just showed up this week to play, you know. So it's. Uh, it was, it was, I was pretty at ease out there for sure. Did it feel like kind of like a one-game tryout, do well, and you get to punt again? That's kind of how I viewed it. It's just every punt, every opportunity at a time. You know, I don't, I don't try to look too forward, too far ahead into what things are going to look like, and uh, just do what you can in that moment. And yeah, I just tried to seize, seize the day as well as I could. So, Money Mac made all of his kicks. Uh, three field goals, including a 54-yarder. Obviously, that's a big part of your job as well. How'd you feel about that? Yeah, no, it's certainly half my job, and um, you know, there's always some kind of concern when you change up that operation. And I thought we handled uh, the weather and elements well, and yeah, he had a great game like he typically does. So, um, you know, it's it's good to kind of check that off the box too. You, you mentioned the weather there. I mean. Not great field. Pitt played here yesterday. Yeah. The wind's swirling. It's really cold. It's hard to catch the ball. I mean, what kind of adjustments do you have to make in these type of conditions? Uh, I mean, it's just really all pregame. You kind of start to figure that out. Um, and like I said, I've played in these conditions before. This is no stranger to me. Obviously, it's the first time in a year and a half since I've had to deal with something like this. But, uh, yeah, well, no, we were able to get a great plan uh, pregame and what we we're going to do in the game. We just we just stuck with that plan all through the game, and you know, it worked out for us. So. Has it kind of settled in? Has it kind of felt like, okay, got the first one out of the way? Has it kind of, you know, settled in that you've played your first game yet? Ah, maybe ask me that tomorrow. Huh? <laughs> still pretty, still pretty good feeling right now. Um, but uh, no, this is this is sweet. This is fun. This is what I love to do. So I've, I've missed doing it for the last year and a half, and it feels great to do it again for sure. You do have a ball in your chair. Was that your first NFL punt? That was my first NFL punt. Yeah, luckily, uh, Kevin, he, he's been great through this whole process, and you know, he, he threw me that ball knowing, you know, just he's been around. He knows the important things, and I wouldn't even have thought about that without him giving it to me. So hats off to him. Congrats on a great debut. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm sure that football will be fun to show his family back home in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet 
capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. Now, time for the Radio Guys Recap with Dave Lapham. Lap, we've been doing the games together for 12 years. I think this is the third time they've won in Pittsburgh. It's hard to do. I don't care how good or mediocre the Steelers might be in any given season. It's a tough place to play, and the Bengals ultimately got it done. It is. I mean, it, it's it's a it's always a Donnybrook. It's always a you know a slobber knocker. I mean, you, you know it's going to be physical. Um, you know, there's always going to be taking it to uh, to the very limit on every snap, and sometimes more. I thought would. Pickens did to Tyler Board at the end of the football game was inexcusable, and um, I think the legal handled that. I thought the officials handled it right by ejecting him, and I think he's uh, he's looking at some some serious repercussions from his decision, which was uh, you know I understand it's it's a competitive environment. He made some big plays in the game. You know he was very uh, I'm sure you know he's a competitive guy. He was emotional, but you got to control yourself, and there's no there's no room for that kind of thing. You have a guy on the ground defenseless to do what he did was you know marred a good performance by him I think Uh, everybody is probably feeling the way that I feel about it and a lot of people feel about it that he hurt himself uh, by what he decided to do there let's talk about the Bengals on the offensive end they lost Joe Mixon early coming off the best game of his career 221 total yards and five touchdowns a couple of weeks ago against Carolina Samaj P. Ryan certainly picked up the slack three touchdown catches for Samaje in this game. And he's a real humble guy. I talked to him after the game, and I said, have you ever caught three touchdown passes in any level? And he, he four, said, he four, said four, three and outs? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, That's Lou Anarumo walking by. <laughs> yes, four four straight three and outs. I mean, the defense suffocated things in the beginning of the uh, – at halftime, start that second half. But, uh, yeah, Samaje was, uh, was very thankful and uh, obviously – took advantage of every opportunity that he had, you know, and the thing I like about him is not only catch the ball, run the ball, but he's a great blitz pickup guy, and he takes immense pride in that, and he and Joe Mixon have known each other for a long time now, coming up close to a decade, so um, they're, they're tight, they're close, they're like brothers, and um, he felt like he had to go in there and, and pick it up for Joe. In the opener against Pittsburgh, the Steelers sacked Joe Burrow seven times. I think it wound up being a couple of sacks in this game. They did have some deflections, including one that led to an interception. But by and large, the offensive line played very solidly. Yeah, they did. And, you know, it's uh, deflections are, are a nightmare for offensive linemen. You know, the thing you want to do is try to stay engaged. And I thought they stayed engaged, you know, for a good part of it. And, and they, you know, Watt made a play. I mean, you kidding me? LC is knocking him sideways. And he, and he just reaches up and intercepts a pass. The guy's a Martian. He's a freak show. I mean, there's not many guys walking the face of the earth that could make that play that he made. So those you just have to say, hmm, congratulations to him. There's nothing much you could have done about that. But uh, I thought on a snap-by-snap basis, you know, I, I thought that both tackles showed themselves really well in this football game. I thought I thought LC and Jonah, you know, handled really good edge rush guys who were in situations where they could pin him back and rush pretty darn well and, and pretty darn often. I thought that they they handled uh, Watt and Highsmith pretty effectively. Defensively, in the first half, the Bengals struggled. Pittsburgh scored 20 points. They really couldn't put any pressure on Kenny Pickett. But then in the second half, on the Steelers' first seven drives, they had two first downs on seven drives that's dominance yeah like uh like coach was saying four straight three and outs i mean and and uh, and then when the 
interception happened to give him a short field, three snaps and kick a field goal. So, I mean, you know, basically didn't let any bleeding occur other than what you would anticipate after giving that short field up on the turnover. But it is remarkable. I mean, Pittsburgh is plus seven against the Bengals in two games, and they're minus seven against everybody else. The Bengals are minus seven against Pittsburgh in two games, and they're plus eight against everybody else. It's just one of those weird things that uh, happens sometimes in professional sports or sports in general. You know, it's like you can't explain it. But with that said, being minus seven, they could have won both games. They really could have. I mean, it's you know, and that that's almost incomprehensible to think about. But that's the way it unfolded. So when Jamar Chase got hurt a few games ago, I think we all said, well, T. Higgins is a, a number one wide receiver on any other NFL team. He's 1A on the Bengals, and that was certainly the case in this game. Nine catches for 148 yards, and there was a stretch there. They threw it to him on three straight plays, and the Steelers couldn't stop it. Yeah, I mean, he's a he was dominant tonight. He was dominant in the middle of the football field. He was dominant, in the, uh, dominant on the fade route that he had. Um, you know, r- remarkably, he didn't get in the end zone. <laughs> Trent Irwin got in in the end zone, and Samaje get in there three times. But he was uh, he was providing the impetus to between the twenties. He was getting a lot of things done. There's there's no doubt about it. And to go on two drives like they did as an offense, backed up you know inside the ten yard line, a ninety two and a ninety three yard touchdown drive. That's like that's hard to do. That's hard to hard to put that many plays together and sustain uh, the level of execution to get that done against a damn good defensive football team. It's not like, you know, that Pittsburgh, they've, they've got some talent on that side of the football. I mean, that was an extraordinary performance out there. You'd have to say that Drew Chrisman passed the audition. Three punts, average 50 yards a punt, two of them inside the 10. Yeah, he, he, uh, he dominated field position, um, handled every hold that he had to do flawlessly uh I thought he he answered the bell I mean it was uh tough weather conditions field conditions weren't great um division rival on the road not bad he 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 stepped up and now back on the road to take on Tennessee a rematch of last year's playoff game the fans there are going to be salty after the Bengals knocked their team out of the postseason last year and Obviously, the Titans very good, seven and three, going into next week's game. Yeah, they're they're really good, and, and you you think, okay, well, when you think Pittsburgh Steelers, you think defense, and you think running game. When you think Tennessee Titans, it's a it's a, a replay. You know, it's like Sam Bradley doing the same thing over again. It's it's like this this uh, Titan defense football team is probably even a cut above for sure, and uh, and then their running game with Derrick Henry is as physical it gets in the National Football League. So um, the guys got to rest up from this one and uh, and recover quickly because they're going to be doing it again on the road against a, a team, that, like you said, Dan, that's going to be playing with a, with a mindset of I'm going to even the score here. Final thought, and you'll like this. It's 8.18 p.m. The game just would have been kicking off if this did not get flexed to 4.20. Thank the good Lord for small favors. No question about that. Let's get on the plane and head back to the natty. <laughs> Next Sunday's game at Tennessee starts at 1 o'clock. The Titans are 7-3 and three and have a two-and-a-half game lead in the AFC South over the Colts. As for the Bengals, they're a game behind the 7-3 and three Ravens in the AFC North and three games ahead of both Cleveland and Pittsburgh. The Bengals moved up two spots on the playoff totem pole in the AFC, 
and right now Cincinnati would be the seventh and final seed. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. Finally, it's time for this week's Fun Facts interview, where we get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with Joseph Osai, who was raised near Houston, but born in Nigeria. What do you remember about your early childhood years back in Africa? A lot of rain, um, a lot of sand, um, a lot of soccer. You know what I mean? Soccer after school, that was fun with the neighborhood kids. And then um, just being happy with my family. Of course, we went through some things, but overall being happy. Your family essentially won a lottery to get visas to come to the U.S., correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Explain Um, how that works. Just like any uh, lottery, you know, there was a Powerball, I think, lottery last night, and um, people were scrambling to win that. But, um, yeah, just like any lottery, um, you play, you win. If you win, instead of getting money, you get um, free citizenship. So that's uh, that's what we did. You were 10 years old. Were you heartbroken to leave home and leave your friends behind, or were you excited about coming to the U.S.? Uh, it was bittersweet, for sure, bittersweet. Um, excited about the U.S., grew up watching Home Alone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> thought every single New York, I mean, U.S. city and state was like New York, so was super excited to eat pizza and burgers and all that. But, um, yeah, definitely sad about leaving my friends that I grew up with, but um, my family was with me, and then... Um, that's, that, that was the, my piece of home that I brought with me. We're visiting with Joseph Osai. There had to be some culture shock, I would imagine. What stands out? Absolutely. Um, everything, every single details about going to school, the cliques in schools, the, um, from, like I mentioned, sand, being everywhere in Nigeria, no sand here, you know what I mean, just concrete and grass. So that was, um, that was that, and then just learning how to communicate a lot of things, and then over, it took, definitely took us multiple years to figure it out, but, you know, that was all part of growing and learning. Have you ever been back? I have not, but I, I, I need to. My dad goes back all the time, though, but I've just never had time, you know, with football. And growing up, I was always involved in summer activities like summer track and basketball and stuff like that, so never really got the chance, but hopefully soon. How important were sports in helping you blend in? Very important. They um, they allowed me to make my first group of friends. You know, playing 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 football at recess at the back of the school. That's where not, uh, I was able to gain friends because then it's not they don't care if you can you have an accent or if you know how to do this or know how to say this. They they just care about are you a good athlete? Did you score the game winning touchdown before the recess bell blew? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah, that sports sports was a huge part of me integrating and. Um, gaining friends but your mom did not want you to play football correct she did not she did not she it was too rough for her um she wanted me to focus on my studies as every african parent does but yeah she she didn't come to a game all of junior junior high all of um up until junior in high school is when she uh first came to her game and she was she praised the rosary like the whole way through the game so she uh still a very violent sport for her but she's learned to accept it so during the course of the game she's as nervous as can she's be She's as nervous as can be she's constantly praying just super scared but you know she's 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 adapted over the years she's not as bad as she used to be for sure 
We're doing fun facts with Joseph Osai. You attended Oak Ridge High School and were a coveted recruit. What was the recruiting process like for you? It was uh, it was a brand new thing because um, I'd never I didn't even know that was a thing. First of all, and you know Texas being a just a big football state, you know playing football there is 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 is, is in- interesting for sure. I'll say that. So um, it was it was wild. I tried to. Thankfully, I had my family around me, and they didn't know anything about the thing, so there was no pressure to go here or there. But they, um, we kept a level head, and we tried to move through logically and write everything down, make sure we were making the right decision, not decisions based off of what color uniform a school had or how much they could woo you in the recruiting, you know what I mean, recruiting world. But um, I definitely had some good people around me. My coaches, too, were did a good job of helping me, like, because they had been through whatever, and they said, look, you got to take things into consideration, do this, do this, make sure you have your grades right still, because just because you have the letters coming in doesn't mean you're accepted. You still have to have good grades to get into these schools and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was amazing. But, again, it was, it was part of the process. It was dope. You chose the University of Texas. You spent three years with the Longhorns. What did you enjoy most about the college experience? Game day. Game day in, in Texas is just amazing, um, and uh, just and it's a lot better here too. But um, I know some uh, some pros, some locker rooms, they don't even. There's no camaraderie. I don't know if I said that word word right. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. There's no camaraderie with um, with teammates. They um, as soon as they're done with practice, they just shoot out. But what I enjoyed most about college was. Um, um, hanging out after practices, you know, we all were going to the same dorms. We all were living the same lives um, and stuff like that. It's a lot better here in this locker room for sure. You know, there's, we hang out and play ping pong all the time. But um, just that family mentality is what I love most about college. You know, just a bunch of guys grinding and trying to get to the next level. There was, there was something special about that for sure. You had a great career. The Bengals selected you in the third round of last year's draft. Yes, Describe your draft experience. It was uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of mixed emotions, man. Because um, you know, there's expectations, and then there's what actually happens. And overall, I was just thankful, excited, man. Because then, I, as I kept watching the draft, there were some people that I thought were going to get drafted that didn't get drafted. So I was just super grateful to have been given the chance to go and play at the next level. You know, what I mean, I mentioned me and my college teammates grinding, trying to get to that next level, and um, we had a little group. And for me to be one of the first to go and achieve that next level it was pretty special so I know they were um just know that everybody was super proud of me and um it was it was it, I can't I can't describe that feeling man it was it was it was awesome it was amazing we're chatting with Joseph Osai in your NFL preseason debut you famously sacked Tom Brady you had a great game <laughs> but you suffered knee and elbow injuries in that game and missed your rookie season yeah. how difficult was it emotionally last year Knee and wrist injury, and it was um, it was one of the worst things I've ever had to go through. And um, I got to actually got asked that question a lot during the pre-draft process. What is the worst thing you've ever had to go through? And nothing came to mind because um, I came from a good family. You know, me and my family are pretty close. Um, I mean, uh, I'm not in a broken home, so I've never had none of my close relatives or close family members have ever died. So I. Really, I actually never had that thing to say. You know, I would just say not playing football during COVID was pretty hard. But um, this was pretty terrible, you know what I mean? And having gone through that and now trying to come on, come out through the other side, it's it's really awesome to see that I could work through that. And my mentality, 
though it like wavered a bit, it's still the same, and I'm still striving to 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 be where I am. I know you're close with your family. Yeah. Was that the key to getting through it? Of course, of course. Talking to them mostly uh, almost every day, and then some days I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I had my teammates that I couldn't get away from, and they picked mm-hmm. me up. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was people around me have just kind of been um, a, a, a very key key point in in every my my all my life, all my aspects of life. You know, whether it's going through college and going through being transitioned from Nigeria to here and then every every step of my life the people around me have played a huge role and helped me get to where I am all right we'll wrap it up with some wild card questions now for Joseph Osai do you have any hidden talents hidden talents I don't know if this will count as a hidden talent it's just a like you said fun fact when I get tired enough, I sleep with my eyes open. I don't. I don't. <laughs> like I said, I don't know if it's a hidden talent. It's, it's kind of involuntary. But um, if I get tired enough, I will. I will sleep with my eyes open. And um, I didn't believe it at first, but uh, my my siblings made sure they recorded <laughs> recorded some videos of me doing it. So I, now I believe it. But yeah, if I get tired enough, I, my eyes will just. Stay open as I, as I begin to sleep. That like sounds like a lizard quality yeah. or something. I don't know if, if, you, if yeah, you have a little bit of a mixed G- DNA or something. It's a pretty wild one, yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I could think of right now. All right, I, I consider that a hidden talent. Yeah. On the flip side, is there anything that you will admit to being absolutely terrible at? The guitar. I um. Uh, during my injury phase last year, I tried to pick up the guitar. Uh, I had a roommate, Wyatt Hubert. He was phenomenal at it. He tried to teach me. I am just, my fingers are too fat. And I dislocated my left pinky in college, so I could never get it to control and get it. It's just, it was horrible. It was, I got frustrated. It was an impulse buy, first of all. <laughs> I saw him play it one night. I bought the thing. After a week, I gave it back to him. I was done with that thing. Yeah, horrible to play the guitar. All right, you might have to try trombone or a trumpet, I something a with less. Okay. I was a percussionist in the fifth and sixth grade. I don't know why I didn't pick up the piano or something like that, but that's what it is. Who is your all-time favorite athlete in any sport mm. and why? Didier Drogba. Grew up, um, he's a professional soccer player. Grew up watching him. Playing soccer, you know, I mentioned soccer being a huge thing in Nigeria. So, watched him play, watched him time and time again um, do what do, do do what it takes to to win, um, put his team on his back, and I just I loved it. What do you like to spend your money on? My family. I spend a lot of my money on my family, and I don't mind it. You know, I just I just like taking care of them. I like being that kind of playing that t- caretaker role. I believe that my fam- my mom and dad have been through a lot. And by God's grace, I'll be able to keep taking care of him for as long as I need to. All right. Final fun fact. This one's a little bit deep. If you could meet anybody in history, who would that person be? I'd like to, because I know there's a lot of speculation about who built the pyramids. I'd like to go back and just take a peek. Maybe not even meet him, but just see how they did it, if it truly is with you know, sticks and levers and whatever they were, right? Or if it was with something else, some technology that's lost, mm. who knows? You know what I mean? And the way those stones were cut is just, 
Did they do it with water? Did they have a system where they ran water through a finite point and it just cut through the stone? Because I know water is very strong mm-hmm. with a uh, with strong current. I don't know. Yeah. So um, I definitely like to go meet whoever built the pyramids and just chat with them. That's a tremendous answer. And trust me, you're the first person to say <laughs> they would like to see the pyramids being built. Sure. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. Best of luck the rest of the year. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, presented by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. By Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and sign merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. And by AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thank you for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.